Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So to you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode number 165. It is a week 13 review. Week 13 in the NFL was pretty exciting from a fantasy perspective and an NFL perspective too. Uh, NFL standings and the playoff projections all shifted quite a bit as some teams were upset on Sunday. Some winning streaks continued and some winning losing streaks came to an end. Uh, it was a pretty fun week of football for sure. Um, personally though, I had a pretty devastating week. It was my worst week of the season, finishing 2-8 and eight in my seasons. I lost in several leagues that I hoped to lose, so that was good. I get much better draft position uh, in, from a dynasty perspective. But worse than that, I also lost in some key leagues where I was battling for bye weeks and better playoff contention. And I got knocked out of the playoffs in a couple leagues, including my biggest money league last night. So not very fun. Uh, like I say every week, though, I need to remind myself, particularly this week, win or lose, it's a joy to watch football all weekend and cheer on all of my dynasty teams. So that said, after following all the, the games this week, here are some of my thoughts on the players and situations and their impact on our dynasty team like we do every week. Ten observations. Uh, a couple waiver wire tips for you for this week, and then I'll talk about trades, which they were more tra- was the most traded week in all of my leagues this week. So we got a lot of trades to discuss. So we'll jump in right away. Observation number one: I'll call welcome back. The Cardinals uh, held on to the top seed in the NFC while Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins were injured. Colt McCoy, the hook of horns, uh, played respectfully. And he was 2-3 and three in their absence, even though the offense didn't look the same. But this week, Murray and Hopkins returned to the starting lineup and quickly dismantled the inferior Bears on a rainy and cold day in Chicago. Now, Hopkins came through for Dynasty Managers, but only because he scored on the first drive of the game. After that, he only had one more catch the rest of the game. Uh, the Cardinals didn't have to pass in this rain. They only threw the ball 15 times in the route of the Bears. But Murray still had an excellent day because in addition to his two passing touchdowns, he also had two on the ground as well. Uh, Chicago's four turnovers just led to really short drives and the 33 points. They scored 33 points on the Bears, even though they only had 257 yards of total uh, offense. Uh, the weather and the game script in Arizona kept the offense down from a fantasy perspective. But James Conner continues to stay healthy and active. He had 22 touches on 54 snaps. He had a beautiful run after catch for a touchdown too. I think Curry, uh, uh, Connor, Murray, and Hopkins, they helped their dynasty teams. Uh, They're going to help their dynasty teams in upcoming playoff runs, I think. Uh, But the rest of the Cardinal players, I think, are just too inconsistent to to consider. Chase Edmonds should come back next week, which will, you know, cut into Connor's playing time. But I think he's still going to be the touchdown guy like he has been all season, no matter what. You know, the interesting thing when you think about this from a dynasty perspective is Edmonds and Connor are free agents after this year. And their dynasty value is going to change significantly depending on where they go in free agency. I think it's very unlikely that they'll keep both of them, that they both will remain in Arizona. And I think during this stretch time, minus uh, Edmonds, uh, Connor staying healthy in the output that he's made, I think that they're going to sign Connor long-term and let Edmonds go elsewhere. And so Connor, one of the biggest surprise bounce-back dynasty values of, of the year for sure. They're going to help dynasty teams on their way to championships, even as Arizona marches its way toward 
the playoffs, uh, probably a pretty deep run in the playoffs. Second is, I'll call it, finding the end zone. Uh, two of my favorite players, one old and one young, uh, found the end zone this week. And in recent weeks, uh, they both have. Uh, they've scored uh, you know, touchdowns after several scoreless weeks in a row. Uh, because of his receptions and yards, Keenan Allen has provided a city floor for dynasty managers, but he's not caught a touchdown pass since uh, week eight. Uh, this week, though, he scored two on Sunday and completed a two-point conversion on a trick play where he threw the ball back to his quarterback, Justin Herbert. It was his best fantasy game of the season. Uh, Dynasty manager is thankful uh, because his touchdowns really carried their team this week because he he only had 34 yards receiving. So it was his worst yardage day of the season, but still his best fantasy day because of those two touchdowns. Then there's T. Higgins, the younger guy, one of my favorites, scored in back-to-back weeks after not scoring since week three. So back-to-back weeks after not scoring since week three for Higgins. Uh, His fantasy points are finally catching up with his targets. He's been due for a really positive regression for some time, which is why... I mentioned a few weeks ago that I traded DeAndre Hopkins for T. Higgins straight up two weeks ago. Um, I was happy just to buy back some years in doing so, but I really believe that Higgins was just ready to outperform Hopkins uh, this season and then for the years to come. And since my trade, he's done that. I think he's going to keep that up. Glad to see these guys finally finding the end zone. Sad to hear the news about Keenan Allen, who's one of my most uh, rostered players getting COVID. Oh my gosh, it's going to be a bad end of the season for me in a lot of my leagues because of these things. Next thing, third observation, I'll call it giant concerns. Apart from the breakout, one breakout game from Kadarius Tony in week five, there's not been a giant with an excellent fantasy game. There really hasn't. The giant weapons, even Saquon Barkley, uh, have seen their dynasty value drop steadily throughout the whole 2021 season. Uh, Daniel Jones gave some reason for hope early in the season, from a fantasy perspective at least, but he's not into the season well, and now he's injured. Uh, Sterling Shepard looked like he could be a reliable player in PPR leagues for a few weeks in the middle of the season, but he's battled injuries, but that's been the story of his entire career. Uh, Kenny Galladay has not done anything to increase his dynasty value, even though I believe he's the most talented receiver on the team. Uh, He has the most extended contract among the wide receivers, minus Tony and his rookie contract. It looks like the team planned to build around him by signing him for for a four-year deal, but he's only getting 10% of the team's targets. Then there's Saquon Barkley. He got another you know, passed from dynasty managers, you know, in the middle of the season when he suffered that disgusting ankle injury in week five. But now he's healthy again. And he's back on the field. And it's hard to make excuses as to why he doesn't look like he used to. It's, you know, he'll have like one vintage Barkley-like play per game, but that's about it. And then firing Jason Garrett didn't help the offense. Uh, they have a giant problem in New York and all of the fantasy uh, players there are losing dynasty value as we speak. It's very frustrating. Fourth, I'll call target ho- new target hogs. Unfortunately for me and my Adam Thielen shares, uh, his ankle uh, injury in the first quarter, he got an ankle injury in the first quarter, and it looks like he's going to miss several weeks with a high ankle sprain. Uh, fantasy managers, remember how painful it was several years ago when Thielen tried to return from injury late in the season and sunk teams in the playoffs. Even though he was declared active, he still wasn't playing half the snaps. And Man, I hope that doesn't happen again. Well, what I noticed this week is that Minnesota has one of those narrow passing trees. Very, very, very narrow. It's Thielen and Jefferson, and that's it. So what happens when Thielen is gone? Well, with Thielen out, who stands to benefit the most as we get near our fantasy playoffs in week 13 at least, if there's any indication, it's Justin Jefferson, of course, but then the other was Tyler Conklin. Jefferson tied for his season high with 14 targets, and Conklin uh, had his his season high uh, with nine targets. Uh, Jefferson manager's 
could get a slight boost in his production as if they needed any more from him, but they could get a slight boost in his production during this playoff run uh, just because of these new targets. And then Conklin, I think he becomes suddenly a startable tight end in the flex position uh, down the stretch of the playoffs while Thielen is injured. Uh, Conklin was the 14th ranked tight end, tight end heading into week 13, but he's just not thought of that way. Uh, his solid play this season should actually cause Irv Smith managers to have some concern. Uh, Conklin has earned a permanent role with the team on this Vikings offense, I think, though he is in a contract year, so Minnesota's going to have to decide what to do. But he's played plenty well enough to challenge Irv Smith uh, for the leading role should they sign him again. I know I'm going to have to start Conklin in a, in a league where I've lost Adam Thielen, and now it looks like I've lost uh, Keenan Allen too because of COVID. Uh, this is not going to be a fun playoff run for me. But those are the guys to target. Uh, Jefferson, obviously always starting, but he's going to be a player that's going to be uh, even more significant player in the playoffs now in Conklin, worthy of starting. Next observation was fun, as I'll just call it beast mode. Two of the most athletic and tough tight ends in the league were finally went in beast mode, and they carry their teams to dynasty victories and their NFL teams to victories. That's George Kittle. He exploded for 174 yards, receiving two touchdowns, 35 fantasy points. And then Dallas Goddard, he smashed for 105 yards, two touchdowns, 25 fantasy points. I guess we know the answer to the question, uh, who will pick up the slack in Debo Samuel's absence? It was Kittle, not Brandon Ayuk. Uh, we also got the answer to the question, how good could Goddard be if he had a traditional pocket passer as his quarterback? The only thing keeping Goddard from moving into the top five dynasty tight ends is his quarterback. Uh, Jalen Hurts is keeping Goddard's value down. One game with Minshew at quarterback and Goddard you know, had the best game of his year so far. Uh, Kittle's already a top five tight end. Uh, but he often gets stripped, scripted out of games because the 49ers have such a solid running game and they have players that are really talented, really as talented as Kittle. Uh, it was fun to see each of these men do what I'd known that they could do physically, and I wish their teams would just allow them to do more. Uh, they went beast mode uh, this week. I'll say the next one, hello, win column. I have to talk about the Lions because they finally had a win, <laughs> even though it took them to the very last play of the game to do so. Uh, Jared Goff had his best fantasy outing since week one. Uh, he definitely struggled with his accuracy, but his three touchdown passes carried his fantasy day, including a touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown that ended the game. Uh, that was so great. Uh, if you followed me over the last year, you know that St. Brown is a player that I was way higher on than any analyst. Uh, he started every game this season. He leads the wide receivers on their team in targets and receptions. Uh, but he's yet to really have a breakout game because the team has just been bad and because T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are, are you know, so involved in the offense. They're the only startable wide receiver, or startable players on the team right now. Uh, St. Brown, uh, on his way, really is on his way, though, to becoming a startable player. His 10-catch, 86-yard, one-touchdown game and the game-winning touchdown prove that he's capable of doing well, what doing it. And I think when the team around him improves over the next couple years, uh, during Detroit's rebuild, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is going to be a very valuable target from a dynasty perspective. Next point, uh, observation, I'll call it father time. You just have to talk about it. <laughs> what Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are doing is absolutely amazing. The two are playing uh, as well as they did 11 years ago when Gronk was 21 and Brady was 32 in New England. Brady scored 25 or more points in six of the 12 games he's played this season. And Gronk has scored 15 or more points in four out of the seven games that he's played this season. Uh, they've connected for two touchdowns in three three times this season, including on Sunday. Uh, Brady elevated the production of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans too, even though fantasy managers wish they would have had a you know touchdown pass uh, during last week, during Sunday's game. Instead, they went to Leonard Fournette, Cameron Brake. 
It's amazing that at age 44 and 32 years old, Brady and Gronk are third in points per game at their position. It's amazing. Third in points per game at their position. Father time just can't catch up with these guys. Amazing. Next I'll say is uh, end of an era. Uh, This week it was reported, or perhaps leaked, (laughs) that this would be Ben Roethlisberger's final season to play football. After 18 years, he planned to hang it up and retire a Steeler. His play diminished, has definitely diminished in recent years, but he's kept relevant all the dynasty value of his teammates uh, this year, as he has for so many Steelers over you know his incredibly long career. The Antonio, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell years, uh, those were definitely his best, uh, but he's made the players around him great for fantasy, even the young players on his team currently. So if the reports are true from last week, or if they're accurate, uh, it's time for dynasty managers to really take an assessment of Steeler players right now. If Big Ben retires, Mason Rudolph can't hold up the dynasty value of his teammates. We've already seen him try, and he just can't. I think there's likely to be several free agent quarterbacks uh, available this offseason, some via free agency and even some via trade. The biggest ones out there, of course, are Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. They're the best quarterbacks that are available, and if they're looking for a championship-ready team to join, I'd argue that Pittsburgh is young and ready. Najee Harris and Pat Firemuth have already broken out in their rookie seasons. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are great players to build around, uh, even though they're a few years older. I, th- I think at season end, dynasty managers can take a gamble on one side of the coin. <laughs> they can try to buy Steelers players in hopes that they get a new great quarterback, or they can sell Steelers players in fear that a bad quarterback will be taking over for Ben when he retires. I'm betting on the former. I think that they are going to find a way to get a solid quarterback so they don't have to rebuild in Pittsburgh. Next observation I'll make, I'll call it fantasy killing coaches. There are so many things that NFL coaches do to infuriate dynasty managers, uh, two of which took place in the same game on Sunday. Sean McVay reported that Daryl Henderson was active and would play, and Urban Meyer benched James Robinson for an extended time after he fumbled. Both jerk moves kill fantasy teams. Upon their reports, uh, I started Daryl Henderson late Sunday afternoon, as did many other dynasty managers in my leagues I saw. I also took Sony, Sony Michelle out of one of my lineups, and I started James Robinson and had to watch him sulk on the bench only to get eight carries while Carlos Hyde, the corpse of Carlos Hyde, was running ahead of him. At this point in the season, uh, dynasty teams are fighting for playoff spots, and it's a big punch to the gut when head coaches do things like this, saying that Daryl Henderson's going to start and not giving him one touch, pulling Robinson just because he fumbled and having to watch Carlos Hyde pretty annoying at this point of the year when you see stuff like that happen. Two more to talk about here before we get into waivers. One is, uh, I'll call it serious slump. It's possible that uh, Lamar, it's impossible rather, to take Lamar Jackson out of your lineup right now because he can score 30, 40 points any week. We know that. But the last three weeks, he's not been helping his dynasty teams. Uh, It hurts to have a player that typically has a really safe floor because of his rushing ability and an incredibly high ceiling every week uh, hurt your squad rather than carry it. Uh, but that's exactly what's happened the last few weeks for Jackson managers. Uh, he's thrown twice as many interceptions, six, to touchdowns, three in the previous three games. Teams are blitzing him and confusing him with coverages. Uh, he's never been the most accurate passer, but he's you know, found a way to make it work and found a way to lead his teams to scores. But the Ravens are averaging just 15 points per game over the last three games that he's led the team. And then the Ravens were averaging 27 points per game before that. So something's wrong with Jackson and the Ravens' offense. And dynasty managers are going to get concerned here as we head toward the playoffs. Final observation, I'll call it time to take over. Uh, For the first time, Javante Williams had the backfield to himself this season after Melvin Gordon was ruled out to injury. 
And as expected, uh, he had his best fantasy game of the season. Uh, once given the full workload, he touched the ball 29 times on his 60 snaps, produced 102 yards on the ground, 76 through the air with one touchdown through the air. If Gordon remains hampered or if the coaches decide it's time to drop their committee approach, Williams could be the player that leads dynasty teams to championships this season. Uh, if a dynasty team has made it this far with Williams playing 50% of Denver snaps, imagine the boost to their lineups when he plays 80% of the snaps like he did on Sunday. Uh, congrats to all who get that boost in their lineups as he head into the playoffs. That's going to make a major difference. Let's talk a little bit about waiver wire at this time of the year. I know it's probably a little less active than, than most times, but there are a few players interested in uh, for this week. As a reminder, I do play in 27 to 30 man roster leagues. So the players I list here for deep leagues only, true dynasty leagues. Certainly there's better players if you play in shallower leagues. There are only a few players that I'm interested in this week, primarily because of injuries uh, ahead of them. The first one, though, is not that case. The first one is uh, LaCron Treadwell. Treadwell. It's really hard to believe that this first round dynasty rookie bust from the 2016 class has strung together two decent games, but he has. Uh, he has 13 targets, 8 receptions, and 115 yards receiving the last two weeks combined. Um, it's hard to go you know, back to a player that's burned dynasty managers for, for so long, but I'd be willing to go back to the, to the well uh, this week and take a chance on him just to see if he can keep it up. The Jaguars wide receiver core uh, has been a mess all season, but that means that Treadwell has a good chances, you know, as good a chance as any to become Trevor Lawrence's top target, you know, especially here at the end of this season. Uh, he's the first player I'd like to pick up this week. Next is Mike Boone. I'd consider adding Boone this week with a mind toward the future, really. Uh, if Williams does take over in the leading role and continues to play well ahead of Melvin Gordon, uh, the Broncos may move on from Gordon next year, making Boone the handcuff to Williams next season. Uh, it's definitely a back-of-the-roster move, but I'd consider making it this week, especially if I had an older player that I think is past his prime and is just not going to help my team next year. Might as well drop him, add Boone, just to have yet another possible future handcuff on your team. It's always good to have those on your dynasty roster. Next is K.J. Osborne. Uh, Adam Thielen is likely to miss a few weeks, you know, like I already said, with a single injury. And like I said earlier, uh, Justin Jefferson and Tyler Conklin stand the most to gain in his absence, but K.J. Osborne would be just behind them. I doubt that he's startable, except, you know, in the deepest of leagues or in leagues where you're plagued with injuries like I am <laughs> in some. Um, but if he were, you know, dropped off of rosters, you know, he's definitely one of the earliest added guys, you know, at the start of the season when he had a couple of those breakout games, he was added. But I've seen him dropped off of rosters uh, here near, near the end of the season, so it might be time to consider adding him back. And finally, uh, John Bates, tight end for Washington. Uh, Logan Thomas tore his ACL on Sunday, they thought, but now it's been reported that it's not an ACL tear, but I still think he's going to miss several weeks. If someone did happen to drop Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, you should pick him up first. Uh, he was definitely a startable tight end when Thomas was sidelined with an injury earlier in the season, but he's missed a few weeks with an injury of his own. It's possible that they're just being cautious with Seals-Jones while Thomas returned to be, you know, the starter. If so, Seals-Jones is the best player to grab if he's out there. But if not, John Bates is the next man up. And it's been an offense that keeps throwing it to the tight end. And so it might be someone to consider to help this season if you're in a pinch, but maybe not from a dynasty perspective. Now let's talk trades. Oh, my goodness. Week 13 trades. So many happened in my leagues this week. I think uh, teams had decided they're, you know, going to make a run for it or they're going to, give up on the season, and it was reflected in a lot of trades that were made. So let's talk about a few of them. First was Darnell Mooney for Zach Ertz and Philip Lindsay. Darnell Mooney for Zach Ertz and Philip Lindsay. Uh, this trade was actually offered to me in a league where the, where my team is in the middle of the pack but still fighting for the final playoff spot. 
the team who offered me this trade is ahead of me in the standings, and he's the defending champ. Um, all three of his tight ends, though, were injured. Darren Waller, Dan Arnold, Adam Troutman. And so he was just needing a, a tight end. So he needed to pay up just a little bit uh, to get someone into his lineup. Um, so I was willing to give up Zach Ertz and Lindsey to get Darnell Mooney. Um, I have Dawson Knox and Dallas Goddard on my roster, so I was good at tight end. And uh, Ertz and Lindsey, you know, for really what has been the Bears wide receiver one on, the, on this, this season at least, is Mooney. I think Mooney's future is bright, and my wide receivers in this league are aging, so it was nice to add a little bit of youth uh, to my team. Next trade was Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle for a 2022 second-round pick. Uh, this one was a bizarre trade. Uh, this The team that gave Henderson and Michelle will not make the playoffs, so I guess he was looking to add some picks, but I think he gave up uh, too much for a second-round pick. It was, however, not the second-round pick of the team ahead of him, which was going to finish you know, in the playoffs, um, but it was another one that that guy had from the second-round pick that he had traded from another team, and that team's the second-worst team in the league right now. So it could be pick number 12 in this 10-team league, um, and that you know makes it a little more palatable. Still, I think it was too much to pay. If Cam Akers does come back strong from his injury, though, um, maybe you could say that it could pay off, but I think even if Cam Akers does come back, Daryl Henderson has earned the right to share this backfield next year and may even lead the backfield if Akers does not recover. So I think I like the... Henderson and Sony Michelle side of this trade compared to a uh, 2022 pick, even if it ends up being pick number 12. Next trade was Christian McCaffrey for Elijah Mitchell, Rashad Bateman, and a 2022 second round pick. Uh, this trade was negotiated between me and another manager uh, after McCaffrey, after hearing you know that McCaffrey would miss uh, the rest of the season. Uh, I have one of the top two rosters in this league and I'm in contention uh, for a bye week, even though McCaffrey has not helped me much this year. I also just lost Debo Samuel and A.J. Brown in this league for those entries, so I just needed help to try to stay in the running and hopefully you know, get a full squad to get this bye week that I was fighting for. Um, the, if the second round pick uh, was not included, I don't think that I would have given up on McCaffrey. But as it is now, um, I have a running back, Elijah Mitchell, that's ascending in my dynasty rankings and one of my favorite rookies in last year's class, Rashad Bateman. And what the pit number two pick will likely be pick number 12. The second round pick will likely be pick number 12 in the draft uh, where I can find another receiver that I hope that he and Bateman you know, could become week-to-week starters for me. As for the other manager in this league, um, he made some pretty exciting moves to improve his team the last two weeks. He's definitely in rebuild mode. But he's given up a first-round pick in 2023 last week to get uh, J.K. Dobbins, and then he gave up this 20, you know, this pit, these players in the trade to get Christian McCaffrey. So next year, if they come back healthy, his running backs will be Dobbins and McCaffrey. So that's an interesting way to rebuild instead of going through draft picks, trading some of those picks back to get injured players. Um, so that's going to look pretty good for him too. But here it was. I was finally able to give up on Christian McCaffrey, but I think I got a pretty good reward in, ter- in, in turn. Elijah Mitchell, Rashad Bateman, and a 2022 second-round pick, which looks to be pick number 12 in this 10-team lead. Uh, Paid off for me this week, too, because Elijah Mitchell contributed to my win for the week, and I uh, did secure, not secure, but I'm in now position to have a bye week in that that league. Next one's a pretty simple trade. Uh, Brian Edwards was traded for a 2023 second-round pick. Brian Edwards uh, was a second-round pick in most of my 2019 rookie drafts, but he's definitely not lived up to his potential so far. Uh, many many dynasty managers are still holding holding out hope for Edwards. I have been too, but my hope has really faded, particularly over the last few weeks when he just couldn't break out. When Darren Waller was injured and when Henry Ruggs was off the team, it felt like this was his time, but it's just not happened. 
Um, I think at this point I'd be happy to sell him for a twenty for a future second round pick, like was done here, um, uh, twenty twenty three second round pick for Brian Edwards. I think I'd be willing to trade him for that. Now I'm going to mention a couple other trades, but I want to say that the rest of these trades took place, all took place in my fourteen team all flex league. Um, it's also my biggest money league, which explains why teams at the top have made such aggressive trades and teams at the bottom of the league uh, have really put their good players on the block and huge trades took place. Uh, sadly, I'm in the middle of the pack in this league fighting for the last playoff position, and I think I probably lost out on it because of these trades for certain. I don't think my team can contend. I'm glad that I didn't jump in the fray and try to make it a run because I just realized this week that my team's just not, not good enough to do that, and I didn't want to have to pay up uh, to try to make a run. Glad I didn't, because after this arms race that happened this week with, with these trades, uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it. First trade was Amari Cooper for a 2022 first and fifth round picks. 2022 first and fifth round picks for Amari Cooper. Uh, I offered this manager a first round pick for Cooper earlier in the season, but he declined. And then later this week, he offered me Cooper for a first round pick, but I declined after, like I said, coming to grips that I really can't win the championship in this league. Uh, he found a taker, though, and with one of the top-tier teams, uh, picked up Cooper, trying to make it uh, run to the playoffs. Yeah, I think if he returns to 100%, it's definitely going to help his dynasty team for this season. Uh, pretty fair trade there, Cooper for a first round and a fifth-round pick. Next pick was James Robinson and Jarvis Landry for Juju Smith-Schuster in a 2023 first-round pick. Robinson and Landry for Juju in a 2023 first-round pick. Uh, the team that acquired Smith-Schuster in the 2023 23 uh, pick are in full rebuild mode. You'll see here in a moment they traded away almost all of their good players on their team for prospects and for draft picks in the 2022 and 2023 draft. In this 14-team league, Robinson and Landry are really every week starters uh, to help this team in their playoff run. Robinson, uh, you know, would have to keep his leading role uh, ahead of Travis Etienne next year for this trade to look good in the long term. But if it pushes this team, you know, to get a win or a championship this year in this high money league, he'll take it. The only problem is, is the other competitors made similar moves to make the road to the championship even harder. Uh, pretty fair trade here. Um, I think I would like the Smith-Schuster in the 2023 first-round pick more, though, uh, because I think Robinson could be replaced in the future from a dynasty perspective. But this looks like it was a trade made primarily for this season to try to make that run. Next is another huge trade. The same team uh, was Jared Goff, Calvin Ridley, Hunter Henry in a 2022 first-round pick. For Ryan Tannehill, Brandon Ayuk, and Cortland Sutton. Pretty crazy. Tannehill, Ayuk, and Sutton for Goff, Ridley, Henry, and a first-round pick. Uh, the same rebuilding team made, made this trade. In the last trade, he took a chance on Juju, whose future is unsure as to which team he'll be playing for. And in this trade, he did the same with Calvin Ridley, whose future is uncertain given his mental health that he's struggling with right now. And now he has a 2022 and a 2023 first-round pick. Uh, that's a good rebuilding strategy because if these guys hit... And these two players that he added, Juju, and we'll just focus on the two right now, Juju and Ridley, uh, that's really going to give him a pretty good core. As for the other team that acquired Tannehill, Ayuk, and Sutton, uh, he was fighting with me for the last playoff spot, and I think that he now, with this trade, has bought himself into the playoffs uh, by making this move. At least he's going to get to compete, but there's a lot of really good teams that he's going to have to go up against as he finishes in that last uh, playoff spot. I wish now that I would have actually started to sell some of my players and got in on this fray from the selling end, but now it just might be too late for me. Two more to mention. Uh, again, the same owner made this, this trade. Case Keenum, DJ Chark, Mike Williams, Adam Humphreys, Tommy Sweeney, 
fourth, fifth round picks and a 2023 first and second round picks for Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, Chris Evans, A.J. Green, Emmanuel Sanders. Look, there's too many players here to mention. We'll just say that what this was done is, again, he's taken a chance on some guys like DJ Chark and Mike Williams uh, to get back a 2023 first and second round picks by selling basically the entire uh, Cincinnati Bengals running backs. <laughs> Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, Chris Evans. But then there's on top of that A.J. Green and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, this was traded to the top team in the league. And this top team in the league, who was, of course, playing me this week, uh, got Joe Mixon into his lineup, who didn't really help this week, but I'm confident it's going to help him make this championship run uh, that he needs. But man, did he give up a lot to do it. He needs to win this season, because if you give up a first and second round pick in 2023, uh, you really got to make this work. Uh, I like what both teams did here, but if you don't win the championship, I think I definitely like uh, the other side of this deal. It's going to be fun to watch this rebuilding team, all the moves that he made, uh, see what see what comes of it. Finally, last trade was Debo Samuel and a 2022 first-round pick for Nick Chubb, Tim Patrick, and Austin Hooper. Debo Samuel and a first for Nick Chubb, Patrick, and Hooper. On this one, man, I much prefer the Debo side of this. This a Debo and a first-round pick, love that uh, for, for really what is essentially Nick Chubb is the best player on the other side of it. I think that Debo manager is in the playoffs already, but he must have worried that Debo's injury would linger, so he wanted the instant help of Nick Chubb. But Debo's, I think, just been too good this season to give him up on him for a playoff run. Besides that, Debo could come back next week or the week after and help in the Dynasty playoffs. Uh, I think the rebuilding team got a great deal in this trade by picking up Debo and a first-round pick uh, and giving up uh, Nick Chubb. Man, a lot of stuff, a lot of action, a lot of fun. Even though my teams are stinking right now, I'm going to hold on to those few teams that I do have secured playoff spots and root for them and hopefully win a couple championships. Won three last year. Hope to do the same this next year, even though my teams are struggling. Hope that you guys are enjoying yourselves. Stick with us during the end of the season. It's going to be fun to see how things wrap up. Hope your teams are doing better than mine are. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make the two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's. I'm much better on email than Twitter, so contact me that way. I would love to interact with you and talk some football. I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me as an independent podcaster. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.